0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church. or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. What I is I I've promised I'll try and be short this morning. <laughs> okay. Great stuff. Uh, I don't really need to speak much this morning because all the songs we've sung actually are proclaiming the things I want to say. So that's quite encouraging, isn't it? So actually, we've already sung half of the message today. Um, but we've been looking at this series on the names of God, and I've just realised this is really short. Sorry, Sam, that's not like a comment on the, your height, but I think I need something a bit high. I don't know if it'll go. There we go. So what names have we done so far? Come on, let's have a reminder. Jehovah Vemeca Dash, yeah, because Joe likes that, because it reminds him of people going to bingo. Um, Jehovah Mekadash, what does it mean? You don't know, do you? You can know the funny bit. Anyone? What? He makes us holy. Makes us holy. <laughs> it's like, what? Where are you, mother? Um, Jehovah Mekadash, Elohim, Adonai, Al-Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rapha, and Jehovah Shammah last week, and uh, I think that's all of them, isn't it? Oh, Sid you well done for remembering. I haven't written them down this week to remind myself. But we're looking today at Jehovah Sabaoth. Now, I don't know uh, if you've ever been involved in a flash mob. Anyone ever been involved in a flash mob? You know, Tabby's been involved in a flash mob, yeah. A few of us did flash mob carols. And um, it's a situation where one person is suddenly joined by a, a whole multitude of people. And so they might at first, you've got to be pretty brave to start a a flash mob off, haven't you? You've got to be pretty brave. So you've got to be the person who suddenly just belts it out and then everybody joins in. And actually, that's quite an incredible feeling. And we had um, a Christmas carol flash mob in Portland Walk a few years ago. And a few churches, we we gathered at different points across town. It 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 wasn't strictly speaking a flash mob, okay? I appreciate that. But... We gathered at different places across town, and for half an hour, we just sang some songs outside a shop. We always got the Marks and Spencers when it was there, which was great, because they came out with chocolates for us. That was really good. Um, Some people had to stand outside Argos. They didn't get anything there, maybe a little pen. Who knows? Um, But we we stood there, and then after half an hour, a trumpet sounded at the top of Portland Walk, and we all walked, singing, O Come All Ye Faithful, from every direction, and gathered at the top of Portland Walk. And it stopped people in their tracks. It was quite incredible. It was quite amazing just to see this whole group suddenly converge, praising God. And actually, people were emboldened to sing louder because all of a sudden, instead of being 15 or 20 of you singing, there was like suddenly at least 100 people stood there. And it was amazing, and then people joined in because they saw that strength in numbers of people, because everyone knows carols, don't they? So people joined in, it was exciting, it was thrilling, it can be a bit intimidating. Anyone here a cyclist? No, Guy and Jill out here, so I'm fairly safe. Or oh, Paul Hardigam, Kaz, you know, okay, Phil, every, just stand up if you're a cyclist, Okay. Now this is where I get booed. Okay, um, these are the people who just annoy you when you're driving on the road. Okay, is that, that's, oh no, that's right, that's right, isn't it? So sorry. But, well, give them a round of applause for being environmentally friendly and conscious. Do you wear all the like, you guys? No, no. Okay, well, sit down. We're not. We're only interested in serious cyclists. who who dress up you know but I can remember one time we were driving to church for our little farm road and our little farm road you know it's quite a quiet sometimes you get pedestrians somebody once came over the brow of the hill to find two people sat in the middle of the road having a picnic which which wasn't very helpful but I once drove up all all the way up this road came over the brow of the hill and as I came over the brow of the hill no joke there was suddenly 50 cyclists appeared in Lycra heading towards me, and so I just had to stop still and wait, because it was quite intimidating. All of a sudden, this host of cyclists in Lycra came hammering past. They weren't going to stop. They were obviously on some sort of time trial race or something, but they weren't stopping. I had to stop, because just the sheer number of these people made me stop, and I had to wait. There was a whole host of them. You've heard the phrase maybe as well, the host with the most. Yeah? Ever heard that phrase? Yeah? Or the hostess with the mostess. Okay? The host with the most. It usually talks about a game show host. It usually talks about someone who's a chat show host. And today, we're looking at Jehovah Shabaoth, which is the host with the most because it's Jesus. It's God. It's the one who is the commander of angel armies. Last week, we had Jehovah Shammah, the God who is present. And today, we're looking at the Lord of hosts. Appropriate on a day when we remember those who fought for our country that we're looking at the Lord of angel armies, the Lord of commander of the hosts of heaven, the Lord who has all the resources of heaven at his disposal, not 50 cyclists to stop me in my tracks, but a lot, a lot of angels at his command. So a couple of facts before we carry on, a bit of information. This is the most frequent title for God in the Old Testament. Okay? It's the most commonly used title for God, the Lord of hosts, or the host with the most, as I say. Interestingly, the NIV often substitutes the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of angel armies, with the Lord Almighty. It often just slots that in, the Lord Almighty, which we know isn't Jehovah Sabaoth, it's, it's one of the other ones, thanks Joel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we know he's El Shaddai, Okay, the Lord Almighty. Lord Almighty. So today we're going to be reading from the NLT version, because that's where it always calls him the Lord of hosts or the Lord of angel armies. But a couple of times it's mentioned, we're going to come back to later, 1 Samuel chapter 1, Hannah's prayer for Samuel. She calls on the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies, because she knows she needs a victory. She knows she needs an overcomer. She knows she needs somebody who is already won. 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, you know the story of David against Goliath, the little boy, who was all on his own against a giant and an army at the risk of condemning the nation to slavery. Who does he call on for victory? The Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies. It's mainly found in the prophetic books, the prophecy in the Old Testament. 80 times it's mentioned in Jeremiah, 14 times in the two chapters of Haggai is God called the Lord Hosts. 50 times in Zechariah, 25 times in Malachi, and only twice in the New Testament, interestingly. Twice. Once in Romans and once in James. The word hosts comes from a Hebrew word which means to wage war. Now, we don't like to think about war. It's not a pleasant thing. But God has the victory in whatever battle he is fighting. Whatever battle God is, is fighting, he has the victory. He has already won In 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 19, it says, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. All the angels of heaven, the Lord of hosts. He is in charge of all of that. And the Bible tells us if we're his, if we're made right, then actually, it's already ours. It's already ours. Yeah? We don't have to strive for it. It's already ours. You know, I'm going to come to that in a moment. Okay. It shows us protection for Elisha in two kings. And in Psalm 84, a very familiar psalm, I'm going to read it all to you now. I'm not going to preach on this psalm, but I think this psalm is amazing. And it tells us of the confidence David had when he called on the Lord of hosts, when he called on Jehovah Sabaoth. It says this, Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place. Oh Lord of Heaven's Armies, how lovely! It's not a scary place, it's lovely, it's a beautiful place, it's a place you want to be. You know, we were in Bradford yesterday, it was all right. The Indian, nobody mentioned the Indian. Was it one of the best Indian takeaways you've had, or takeaways, restaurants? Yeah, yeah, amazing, really good. Everything, if you ever go, the hot is extra hot, so just. Go on the mild side if you're a bit of a, 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 bit of a wimp. But, um, yeah, and don't order what Russell's having if you're not sure what it is, eh? Yeah, Lee? Okay. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of Heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. I faint with longing. That's how important it is for David to say, I want to be there. You might not be thinking, I'm going to go to Bradford next year. I'm going to faint with longing to go and hang out with a load of blokes. Katie text Joel and said, if it's a black man's conference, does it just stink of BO and, and aftershave? You know, no, it doesn't. It was amazing. But actually, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. Heaven is open now. That's what the weekend we've had is about. We have experienced and we can experience the God of angel armies now by his spirit. Heaven is open. We just need to access it and, and, and say, God, yes. And so often we're very reserved. And David says, I faint with longing. Is that how desperate you are to be in God's presence? Or have you just come to church a bit late this morning? Oh, that's that's a bit controversial, isn't it? David, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord five minutes later than it starts. Maybe that's what he should have said. That's not then to guilt trip you, honest. But how desperate are we to get into God's presence? Or do we just think, well, I'll get there where everyone else has been. Then I can sneak in at the back. How desperate. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Yay! Does so that sound like heart, whole being, body, soul? You know, there was a guy on the stage yesterday just in a moment of instrumental. And he was, he was doing a bit. It looked like Tai Chi, actually, but he was, he was doing this. But actually, he was using his body. He was using his mouth. He was praising God with everything that he was. My whole body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. And yet, so often we might be thinking, "Don't feel like it today." I said, well, "I'm not going to preach on this. I'll carry on." Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. It's a safe place. The God of angel armies is a safe place to be with. Stunning. Right, okay. <laughs> what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. Interlude. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What strength, what strength, what strength. Because you've got the God of angel armies on, on, with you. Thank you, Marie. Right, we got there. Yes, woo! Okay, we got the angel armies with us. When they walk through the valley of weeping, maybe that's why you're struggling this morning. When we walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. Robert shared just now how important this weekend's been. It was a tough weekend for him. Other men have shed tears this weekend because they're in a valley of weeping. But the place they were in with God, when they focused on God's presence, it became a refreshing spring, yeah? And yet, we'll come for 24 hours, and the men who went, by Wednesday, it might have worn off. And they might have forgotten. We need to stop forgetting, and we need to keep pressing in. We need to keep pressing in to his presence, because he is the Lord of hosts. The Valley of Weeping will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God of heaven's armies, Jehovah Sabaoth, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob, interlude. O God, look with favor upon the king, our shield, protection. Show favor to the one you've anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Yet how often do we rush to the elsewhere? How often? I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God. Well done, the welcome team this morning. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our Son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Joy, protection, safety, love, better than anything else. That's Jehovah's Sabbath. And yet, so often we think Sunday will do it. One of the reasons, as we've pressed in, I think the guys will agree, the first night it's a little bit tentative. But as you go through the day, you're spending 24 hours pretty much focused on God. And by the end of that day, all my days. You know? Phil isn't one of, of emotion, are you, Phil? You're not somebody who's, like, prone to over-emotion. But Phil was really, you know, Phil, Phil, Phil has done things this weekend. What happens in Bradford stays in Bradford. Phil has, done thing, <laughs> Phil has done things this weekend that he wouldn't normally do. Why? Because, actually, he stepped out. He stepped out and he stepped in to who God is. And, actually, it was nothing to do with just being in Bradford there's nothing holy about Bradford believe me <laughs> if you've ever been you know you think back no i won't go there great place everywhere's great but actually god is there because we were there and we were there in numbers we were there in we were there in strength because we were there with the god of angel armies not just 20 blokes from here but the whole host of heaven yeah and on a Sunday morning, we're here with the whole host of heaven. We need to get our heads around that. We need to understand it because actually, it's no different than it was in Bradford. But the problem is, we drain away and we leak, don't we? Remember the colander? <laughs> we leak. We need to keep coming back to God. What always happened to those that recognized God in this way, they were emboldened. They were made courageous. They were transformed when they recognized the Lord of hosts. They were courageous. Why were they courageous? Because they had the Lord of heaven's armies with them. Yeah? Yeah? If you're on your own, it's a scary place. Me on that road with those cyclists, I had to stop. I wasn't fighting with those cyclists. You know, If it was Francis, I might have just plowed on. No, I wouldn't. I had to stop. I wouldn't. Don't don't look so horrified, honestly. I wouldn't. It was comedy effect. I'm sorry, Francis. I would stop and wind the window down. In fact, I think I've done that before. But I was not going to argue with 50 cyclists in Lycra. I had to stop and just wait until they'd passed. The Lord of Heaven's armies, with you and with us, will make people stop. Because He is greater. He is bigger. He is stronger. And all we need to recognize is that when we see him as the Lord of hosts and when we know it's not just God, it's not just Jesus, it's the whole of heaven with them, then actually we will be emboldened. We will be courageous. We will be strong and not afraid like Joshua was told. We will do those things. It's been said, small God, big problems. But big God, small problems. Our God is massive. Yet we often see the problem bigger than our God. Whatever your problem is this morning, the speakers yesterday, one of them, his wife, has got blood cancer. It broke me as he shared the the difficulty he's going through. Just the time his church is starting to grow, his personal life has just gone down the tubes. And he's like, How can I be the pastor? I'm struggling to lead myself actually he's honest and vulnerable to share that And says, but God is with him and God is the God of angel armies yet last night the guy who shared has got bleeding on his eye been, his eye has been pulled out twice in an operation and it's worse than ever but he stood there and just proclaimed God because it doesn't matter the problem isn't the issue the, the God we worship is the most important thing whatever your problem we've got a big God and he is the lord of angel armies. The backing, yeah, give a, absolutely. We've got the backing of the entire presence of God and the entire company of heaven if we are on his side. 1 Chronicles 11 verse 9 says David became more and more powerful. He was a good king. Why? Because the lord of heaven's armies was with him. God brings 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 favor. Name of authority. I want to quickly, as we come to the end, I'll say that now, um, three characters where this is mentioned and the key reasons why he's mentioned. And I want to just take something away this morning. But I want to look at three characters and their experience of the Lord of hosts and what we learn from them. The first glimpse of it is found in Joshua. Okay, the book of Joshua, chapter 5. It doesn't actually say Jehovah Sabaoth. It talks about the commander of the angel, the commander of the Lord of Hosts. That's Jesus. It's a theophany, is the correct word, of Jesus. It's an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament, the commander of the Lord of Hosts. Bit of context. They're about to go in and start taking the promised land. They're about to go into Jericho. You know the story of Jericho. They're about to go in there, and the people have been circumcised, which was a a law that God had given them, and they'd observed the Passover. They were going into battle, but the first thing they were was obedient. Yeah, there's a connection here. They were going into battle. Every day, we are in a battle. Is it preceded by obedience to God? God's people were obedient. They were doing what he said to do. The people had been circumcised. They've observed Passover, and they had prepared for the battle that lies ahead. It involves obedience and humility. They'd prepared. They didn't just turn up and expect it to happen. This morning when you come to church, you cannot just turn up and expect it to happen. We need to be prepared by being obedient and humble. Joshua 5 verses 13 to 15 says this. Joshua, remember, is the leader. He is looking after his troops. He's looking after his flock. And it says this. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. What's he going to do? He's the leader. He's protecting them. He's like, who is this guy? I don't know who he is. So he says, Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Other translations say, are you for us or against us? He goes up to this guy. This guy could be a threat to the army. He's got a big sword. You know, it's not a cyclist. It's a big sword. I'm not going to go anywhere against a guy with a big sword. He says, are you for us? Are you against us? Are you friend or foe? And the response is, neither one. find that a bit strange. Are you for us or against us? Neither. Do you know why? Because we keep asking God to be on our side when the whole point of it is that we are on his side. He's on neither side. You know, I'm chaplain at Barrow Football Club. If I pray for Barrow to win, there's a chaplain at the other club praying for his team to win. God isn't interested. Well, you know, maybe he is in Liverpool, okay? But he's not interested in the football results. He's interested in the people. He's interested in them whether they win or lose on that day. But my prayer for victory, God isn't on my side. If I go, God, are you on the Barrow side or the other side? He'd be like, neither. Because I've got to be on his side. I've got to be on the Lord's side. Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. This is Jesus. It's an appearance of Jesus. At this... What's Joshua's response? Well, thanks very much, you're not on my side. I'm going to go home then. No, Joshua's response when he's told I'm not on any side because he knows who he's speaking to. Because God isn't on your side, we're supposed to be on his side. And Joshua falls face down to the ground with reverence. I am at your command, says Joshua. Because Joshua recognised who he was speaking to. The God Who wants you to join him, not the other way around. Joshua said, what do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Déjà vu. What does Joshua think in that moment? This is the voice that came out of the burning bush. Take off your shoes because the way you're standing is holy. What a reminder to Joshua that god he was on God's side and so God was with him. We're on God's side, so God is with us. Weird. What an answer. God is with his people. And yet, the question I need to ask at the beginning of these three little bits is, are you on God's side? Or are you just asking him to bless what you do? Are you just determined in your way and your routine and your life Or you are saying, God, let me be obedient to you no matter what. Even if my wife suddenly has this issue. Even if my eye suddenly bleeds. Even if my dad becomes ill because of his faith. Even if, God, I'm going to be on your side. Because it's about being on his side. Why? Because he's already won. Do you not want to be on the winning side? I do. That's why I support Liverpool. No, sorry. The winning side is Jesus. He has the victory. We've sung it. I'm going to see a victory. Might not be right now, but ultimately, we're going to see a victory. Because we are on the Lord's side, not because he's on ours. But when we're on his side, he's with us. Yeah? When we're on his side, he's with us. He isn't for or against the two sides. He wants us to be united. Whichever side we're on, he wants us to be united in him. Joshua's response is to fall down because he recognizes this thing. God has already told us, take off your sandals for you standing on holy ground. God has already shown Joshua who he is through Moses. He's seen it. God has shown us who he is, but we just need to choose to be on his side. We need to choose to stop battling against him. It's not a tug of war. We need to be on God's side and that's it. Has God already told you what you need to hear? I think usually he has. I think God has already told us the things we need to do in order to be obedient. Has he already said to you to put down some of the old and pick up some of the new? Has he already told you about some of the things you're involved in that you need to stop? Has he already said, I love you? You know the prodigal son's dad ran to him. He didn't say, "You naughty boy, all that things you've done." He said, "Come here. You've come back to me." God has told you to put things down. You need to do it. You need to do it or you'll just settle for second best. The Bible tells us to flee from the schemes of the enemy. Trust me," he says. And then stop trying to hold on to the old and the past and get on his side. Why? Because he's the host with the most. He is Jehovah Sabaoth. Joshua goes on to say this, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. He's already done it. He's given him it. It's not happened yet. He said, it's already yours. The victory, I've promised it. And that's what's going to happen. My promises are yes and amen for all eternity. Not, they're not a promise where he's going to let you down. God, he's not a father like the father you know. That's what we've heard all weekend. He will not let you down like your earthly dad. He will not let Even if your dad's the best ever, Joel, he will not let you down. God won't let you down like your dad will even. I might be all right, but I'm not perfect. Don't shake your (laughs) head. Joshua is in need of assurance of God's presence, provision, and power. Are you? Well, we need to encounter the presence, and we need to prepare for it. We need to come into his presence. And he encountered the commander of the hosts. This is the God who fights for justice, the God who fights for what's right the God who fights for families, the God who fights for, for marriages, the God who fights for dads and mums and children, his promise is already yours. It's already yours. Get on side. Stop asking him to bless our plans and say, I want to be in the middle of your plans, God. I want to be on your side. There's an old hymn, isn't there? Who is on the Lord's side? Put your hand if you remember that one. Showing your age, okay? Who, who, I remember it. I think we sang it in school when I was like three, probably. Who is on the Lord's side? It goes on, who will serve the king? Here's questions for us to answer this morning. Are you on the Lord's side? If so, the the implication is you will serve the king. Who will be his helpers others' lives to bring? How are you doing that? How are you bringing others to the kingdom? Who will leave the world's side? In other words, you can't be on both. If you're on the Lord's side, you've left this one. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will leave the world's side? Who will face the foe? Who is on the Lord's side? Who for him will go? There's a question. Being on his side might involve leaving some of the things that you're currently holding on to. Might be a habit. Might be a role. Could be a relationship. Hannah is the second character. Don't worry, you're looking at the clock thinking there's three characters, I've only done one. The next two are really quick. Hannah knew the Lord of host. She knew the power. 1 Samuel 1, 10 to 11. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, Jehovah Sabaoth, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut context Hannah was childless her husband had another partner who was giving birth like they were just shooting out all the time by all accounts and Hannah was devastated her her husband looked after her gave her extra things gave her more he showed that he loved her but Hannah felt that she was condemned because she couldn't have children in that culture if you couldn't have children you were useless do you feel useless today Hannah knew who to come to The only one who can help her overcome this situation is the Lord of heaven's armies. The only one who can win the victory over a desperate situation is the Lord of heaven's armies. She's tried herself. She knows it isn't her husband because he's had other children. So she feels it must be something to do with her. She feels broken and useless. What does she do? She throws her entire trust behind God. She says, I'm on your side. No matter what happens, God, I'm on your side because you've already won the victory. At a time when Israel was a pretty godless place, she trusted the Lord of hosts. Hannah's name itself meant grace. She didn't feel very rich at Christ's expense, though, did she? She didn't have children. She wasn't able to do it. She wasn't feeling the grace. Maybe you're not feeling God's grace today. What do you need to do? Throw yourself at the Lord of heaven's armies. (laughs) Throw yourself at his feet. Come to him with tears. Don't be afraid to weep. Call on the one who fights for you. Hannah was willing to have a baby and give him back to God just because she wanted to show she wasn't condemned by God. None of us are condemned if we're in Christ. We're not useless. We may be broken, but God can put us back together again. Call on the one who fights for you. Call on the one who is a God of glory, not of judgment, in terms of us being on his side. Hannah was on the Lord's side. Last one, Elisha. Elisha, Elisha. sorry. 2 Kings 6, verses 14 to 17. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried. Bit of amateur dramatics there. To Elisha. What does Elisha say? Don't be afraid. Why? Because he knows the Lord of hosts. Don't be afraid. They're surrounded. They're surrounded by an army. Don't be afraid. What a daft instruction that sounds like. But Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then the Lord, Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Do, do, do. No. Okay. <laughs> Surrounded. Baby God this morning is saying to you, just open your flipping eyes. I'm here. I am with you. Just open your eyes. But first of all, I think we've got to open our ears. And we've got to open our hearts to be obedient. This morning, our prayer for you as a church is that you will open your eyes. Elisha wasn't worried because he knew what was there. He knew God was there. He knew the presence of the Lord of hosts. He was clearly God's man. And what did he do? He passed that confidence on to others around him. Now, if I asked Naomi Chad, I'm gonna just by saying the name now, she's gonna go bright red. If, if I asked Naomi Chad to stand up and shout something, she wouldn't do it, Jeff, would she? I'll ask you because I know you'll answer. You wouldn't do it, would you? No. But maybe if I asked that row to stand up, she might be a little bit more confident. She probably still wouldn't, would you? But you'd still be if if all four of you stood up, you'd feel a bit happier, wouldn't you? Maybe if this whole chunk stood up, would that be okay? Yeah? Okay? If if everybody stood up, you wouldn't have a problem at all, would you? No. Because you'd be surrounded by a whole host of people. This morning, as I finish, and I really am gonna finish because it's late. We might overrun a little bit, but it's them XL people. It's their fault. (laughs) Sorry, Paul. This morning, you're not on your own. There's no need to be shy, embarrassed, scared, frightened. You are surrounded by the whole host of heaven. Just open your eyes. But it starts with opening your ears, opening your heart, following what he's already told you and saying, the Lord is my strength. Yesterday, the words that kept going through my head is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Sorry, it's a children's song. I wasn't doing just hands. (laughs) The righteous run into it. Well, if they stay outside the strong tower, they're stuffed. If we're made right by God, we run into him. Because he is the Lord of hosts. That is Jehovah Sabaoth. He is here. He is present. And he is all powerful. And he wants you to join his side. Who is on the Lord's side? Joshua 6 verses 1 to 2 said, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Why were they afraid of the Israelites? Because they'd seen. Even though they weren't on God's side, they'd seen. They knew. They knew that God was with them. They knew the presence of God. And Elisha was able to show his servant the resources of heaven. The last verse of that hymn says, fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the king's own army none can overthrow. Round his standard ranging, that's Jehovah Nissi, isn't it? Victory is secure, for his truth unchanging makes the triumph sure. Are you on the Lord's side? Maybe you are, but you've still got your eyes shut like the servant. Let's say, God, show me. Open my eyes to all that you are, to all that you have. Stop the disobedience. Put down the things that get in the way and say, God, I'm yours. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. We may be weary, we may be overwhelmed, we may be confused, we may be struggling. But I pray this morning that our prayer to you will be, God, I'm yours. Let me know what you want me to do. Open our eyes. Even if we've been a Christian for many years, for many months, for however long, Father God, open our eyes. Maybe today, as I've spoken or something else, we've got to take time to do this. We can't rush. (laughs) Maybe today you really feel that your eyes have been closed to who God is. Maybe, maybe you've been afraid and fearful, and maybe you've tried to do it in your own strength. I just want you to stand now, if that's you. Just to stand where you are. Nobody's staring at you. Nobody's, nobody's looking and saying, nobody's judging you, nobody's condemning you. We're family. We want to be with you and say, standing with you. It's interesting they're all in this middle section. Maybe I should have told, told somebody about that. We're going to pray for you now. If you're near those people, just reach out a hand towards them. Or if you're somebody on the prayer team and you want to go and pray with them particularly, then let's do that. Just turn around and just reach a hand out to them as we pray. Pray over them. Father God, I pray for these people who've stood up, who recognize that maybe their ears and their eyes have been closed to you a little bit, or a lot. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will give them the strength to journey with you, the strength to stand still and know that you are the Lord of hosts, to know that you are with them because they are yours. Father God, may the enemy not steal from them the confidence that you want to give them. You've not given them a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Father, you have given them a confidence that comes from knowing Jesus is the rock. Father God, you've paid their price at Calvary. They don't have to keep coming back. They know that you have the victory. So, Father God, whatever their circumstance, whatever their situation, whether it's health, whether it's relationships, whether it's family, Father God, I pray, Lord, that they will start to give you the praise and say, I know that you have the victory. It might not be today, but, Father God, let us keep remembering each day. You have the victory. You are in charge of all of heaven, and I am yours. So, Father God, I pray that they will know you deeper. And I pray as we begin to worship, they will recognize and see open heaven. Amen.